Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who hasn't watched Xena in over a decade and is so happy that it still holds up so far. It's back on Amazon Prime right now, so I'm rewatching it. I need to watch it. My week is different than yours yet again. I'm Vervada, the girl whose literal, actual administrative boss at my real-world job messaged me the other day to read freaking Draco Hermione fanfiction Manacled, like literally out of the blue, told me to read that fanfiction. <laughs> I've been told to read that so many times, so I finally started reading it. I have thoughts. Um, overall, I am enjoying it, though. But yeah. I have another real world friend who actually got a tattoo for that fan fiction and my boss knows them because they are also in the fan group on Facebook. Apparently there's a page on Facebook for it and like they posted their tattoo in there and my boss saw it and wants a tattoo like it. And I was like, how weird is it that I know both of you in real life? Isn't that weird? That's so weird. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah, my last couple days. Yeah, so uh, if you're new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking, especially in this episode. Yes. <laughs> or from the deep emotional connections built between two or more, especially in this episode, characters, using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, then this is not the podcast for you, especially because we know this game is really new. So you are warned. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question. But we'll be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. Today... We're going down by the river, the Chianthar River to be exact, to make the beast with two backs, as nature intended. This game is the newest game we've ever talked about, and it's also made history with how mainstream it has made video game romance. 
which is the exact reason we moved our schedule around to analyze these characters while the infernal iron is hot. Most of our companions are younger that we can romance in this game, but not this one. He's seen some things, done some stuff before we ever met him. He's a hulking mass of handsome wood elf, the archdruid of the Emerald Grove Druid Order, and the first of many possible romance options in this game. Of course, talking about Halson from Baldur's Gate 3. Go on, enjoy yourself. Seek out some wine before it runs dry. There are a lot of thirsty people around here. <laughs> now that's what I like to call foreshadowing. There are a lot of thirsty people indeed running around Faerun, but not all of them are as free and open about it as Halson is. Quick disclaimer before we get into it. This episode is structured a bit differently than our typical character episodes. This game is really new and they are constantly tweaking things and adding things, especially romance things. But we wanted to get into this game. Maybe someday we'll come back to these characters, but the bulk of their story is here now. Some of it may be buggy, especially in the case of Minthara and Halson, who have far less romance content than the others. But still, there is a lot of good good to dissect and praise, and some things we still wish had been handled a bit differently or expanded upon. But before we talk about his love life, let's talk about his early life. Halson states in the game that he is 350 years old. He's one of the only companions with a specified age, and he's also one of the oldest. Halson is a wood elf and a druid, and pretty much the only thing that we know about his family is that they rest in the high forest, now under the shade of the grandfather tree. He is the last of his line, in other words. At least, as far as he knows. He also says that he has taken on many lovers. So unless there is some very effective and universal birth control going around, he may have fathered some little naturalists at some point. I don't see how it's possible that he hasn't fathered someone by now, but he's definitely been said to be Daddy Helson by the end of the game, so... Easily enough to head canon, But anyway, before we get really started, I wanted to lay out the groundwork for the Baldur's Gate 3 episodes because me, the person who writes the scripts, like the format of them and a lot of the analysis and stuff and like the backstory stuff, this was hard with Baldur's Gate 3 because this game is full of narrative choices that heavily impact the character development of our companions and affect the romances. We're not going to analyze each possible version because there are many subtle differences, but rather we're going to analyze how they affect the character we're talking about. So for instance, you can headcanon whoever you want for your Tav or your Dark Urge or even Origin character, but there are some more broad narrative arcs for each companion in the romance quest lines. For each character, there are really ultimately two paths, some diverging details and little side streets. There is the path towards healing, and there is the path towards staying broken. The path of freedom and the path of restriction. 
obviously the best narrative arc is the good endings, quote unquote, but we will talk about the impacts of both. Now, Halson's personal journey is one of conflict, but not much more. The bulk of Halson's, well, bulk, is his sexuality and his love of sex. Halson loves nature and disdains civilization. He feels regret for not being able to lift the shadow curse the first time he tried, and is at odds with the demands of leadership as archdruid, conflicting with his personal desire to just turn into a bear and go off into the wilderness, eat honey, and roam the forests alone. The reason he feels a bit emptier than the other companions is because he was never originally intended to be a fully-fledged companion, let alone a romance option. He was just an NPC in early access that assisted you in the Grove in Act 1 and removing the Shadow Curse in Act 2. So, okay, Act 1, Halson, right? You're running around trying to rid yourself of the world's worst hitchhiker, and everyone keeps telling you that the Archdruid Halson can probably deworm you. Cool. Except he's been taken captive by all the goblins over at the goblin camp. The first thing you can do to completely ruin your chances of romancing this muscle bear is siding with the goblins and destroying the grove. Because then he'll, like, come and try to kill you, but you'll have to kill him. It's sad. Don't do that. So, we get into the camp by any means necessary and rescue the giant brown bear being tortured by some stupid little goblin kids of the dungeons. And to absolutely no one's surprise, that bear is Halson in his preferred wild shape. And then you get to have a party because you saved the refugee tieflings. I'm going fast because none of this actually matters for Halson's romance other than that you rescued him and he's not dead. That's key. You shouldn't romance a dead body. Unless you are Mayrina. Yeah, don't be Mayrina. Okay, so at this party at Act 1, you get to really flirt with him for the first time. Um, and while you can't sleep with him on this night, you can sleep with pretty much anyone else. You've earned their approval. Most other companions, this is their first chance at having a romance scene, but not Halson. He will join your party, but only in camp dad form until you lift the shadow curse for Moonrise Towers in Act 2. Halson actually doesn't have a personal quest, but he's deeply tied to the quest to lift the shadow curse for one reason. Ultimately, the spirit of the shadow curse lands is a young boy that Halson would play with as a child, not knowing no one else could see him. So he does have a personal interest, but this quest is not considered his personal quest meaning that it has its own title and subsection in the journal quest log from an actual gameplay standpoint. There are a ton of other things to do in Act 2 besides saving Thaniel. But if you want to romance Halson, you must do this quest. He won't join your party fully until after that quest too. So if you are hoping for a druid in your party, it better be you. At least right now. This land is more than just soil and rock, root and leaf. It is a living being in the form of a young fae boy with the forest itself in his eyes. His name is Thaniel, 
I've met him in my meditations, but since the curse was unleashed, I have not felt his presence. He is its prisoner, I fear. And as long as he remains so, his domain will lie in darkness. But if we can find him, we can break the curse. If you learn anything of the Shadowfell, or of a boy with the forest in his eyes, find me at once. Okay, wait, just really fast. I love his voice so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's such a great voice. <laughs> Um, I'm already, I'm already one wine deep, and this is my second glass that my husband poured for me. Oh. So, um, anyway, Halson. Okay, so this clip, this clip when he's like, if you see a boy with the forest in his eyes, like, what the fuck does that look like, Halson? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, is it a snow globe and you can see, like, a pattern of trees in his irises? Or, like, does he literally have forest coming out of his eyes? It made me laugh when I first heard it, but also the way he talks reminds me of Tolkien and like kind of how Ents talk, which I'm sure is what they were going for with the root and rock bit. So I loved that. Anyway, for Spaniel, it is kind of both. Like, I don't know what I expected a boy who is the spirit of the land to look like, but Daniel, that's what he looks like. He's got some forest grown out of places. Uh, anyway, okay, let's skip to the good parts. We rescued him from the goblin camp. We lifted the shadow curse, skipping over like, what, 20, 40 hours of playthrough, depending on how slow you are. But we still can't really finish up at Moonrise Towers, unless we want to go in guns blazing, because Halson is pretty much the only companion who's not infected with an illithid tadpole. The cultists of the Absolute can just tell by looking at him that he doesn't have a brainworm and he doesn't belong in Moonrise Towers. So if you're like me and want to be sneaky sneaky, you have to leave him behind to do your assault and do your initial stuff in there. But it's fine. He's catching up with Daniel. So he's not bored. Halson doesn't have conflict in the way that the other characters do, apart from his regret at not being able to lift the shadow curse a hundred years ago. That regret is shared amongst the survivors of that battle not Halson alone. With the Shadow Curse now lifted, Halson can return back to the Emerald Grove and be Archdruid again. But he was very keen on shaking off the shackles of that responsibility and of leadership. And he isn't eager to be locking them back onto his wrists. So the natural thing to do is to help you out even though it takes him to his most hated place, Baldur's Gate. Well, perhaps not the city itself, but cities in general. The ground is covered by cobblestones, and the sounds of nature are dulled by the cacophony of city life, and there is no forest that he can simply melt into. No solitude. No respite from civilization. Halson will say that a society should be judged by how it treats its most vulnerable, and that Baldur's Gate might deserve harsh judgment from what he sees there. Yeah, Halson's just so good. I notice that he says might deserve harsh judgment. Halson being a druid is trending towards lawful good but almost new he's pretty neutral he'll seek balance at all times and choose nature over anything else 
His foil is Minthara. You know, I love Mia Foil. Minthara is a character that until recently was only able to be recruited if you betrayed Halston in the Grove, but there is a workaround now, allegedly, outside of Sheep Thara. <laughs> that apparently doesn't work anymore. I haven't done it yet, but I definitely will be because I need Minthara. Most characters have a foil in the same story, and an easy way to tell is do they inherently have beef? Do they got a lot of tension? Not in the sexy kind of way either. Halson is a foil to Mandara, Shadowheart to Lazel, Astarian to Gale, and Karlak to Will, for example. Where Halson values freedom, Mandara values rigidity. Halson does not desire leadership and readily gives up his responsibilities. And Mandara is a natural leader who holds on to power. Halson's journey shows him correcting a self-perceived mistake of his past and healing nature, upholding his beliefs as a druid. Minthara's journey is one where she once again breaks a vow she made and walks a path where she betrays what she was once loyal to, finding a new cause to swear herself to yet again. Outside of that, there isn't much else to talk about with Halson because he just didn't get a lot of content. They are adding new lines all the time. They work in overtime with their patches. Perhaps he'll get an expanded backstory someday, but that's not today. Now we get to talk about the juicy bits. That honey-flavored nectar. But before we do a mid-break, so... Let's hear some fun facts, listen to some ads, and thank our lovely, lovely patrons. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, V, honey, what are we going to do for our mid-break dance? Hmm. Um, oh, the will dance. Oh, his little palacey waltz. <laughs> his little palacey waltz. The will waltz. We will. All I we, can see in my head is the sad, kicked puppy expression he had when I turned him down. Oh. Poor Will. <laughs> I'll save it for the will episode, but I have a funny story about that scene. Um, yes. Okay. We will, we will, will, we will, will waltz into the mid break. <laughs> Halson is voiced by Dave Jones and he has the shortest IMDb page V has ever seen for an actor that we have talked about on here. He did an amazing job and we hope to see more of him in the future. I looked mm-hmm. at it, too, and I didn't recognize anything on there. All of, like, ten things he's ever been in. I know, and I have a BritBox subscription, too. So normally I have some kind of, like, vague awareness of British people's happenings. Like, British actors. <laughs> but not not Dave Jones. Um, I was like, okay, well, he's been in other video games, too, but I didn't recognize any of them. Apparently, also, a lot of the Baldur's Gate 3 voice actors slash actors also do voices like they read audiobooks so dave jones has some 
Um, I know my sister like is obsessed with Emma Gregory, who is Pandara's voice. She's been listening to a bunch of hers. So check that out. If you like listening to Halson, <laughs> you can read you a story. Um, another fact about Halson, which probably most people know, because if you talk to him for any length of time, he'll tell you this. But his scar across his face did not come from any battle, but it was a bear, as he calls a she-bear, in heat, who wanted his meat. He had to decline, obviously, because that would be bestiality, even though he was in wild shape. He's not actually a bear. And that bear was pissed, so she scratched his face up, because everyone wants to climb Mount Housen. <laughs> he is a subversion to the trope of Elf-feminate. Elf-feminate. Meaning that elves are normally effeminate. Now, Halson is humongous. He is taller. He is the same height as the large builds for the rest of the species. So even like he's the size of an orc. And in fact, he jokes that he must have some orc in his family tree. And yeah, probably. <laughs> It is as the Oak Father intended. Now, Spotify listeners, thank you. Are you freaking kidding me? We have 175 ratings. It's just 25 people away from our goal of 200. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. And of course, if we were on your wrapped for the year, share it. Tag us on Twitter or post it in the discords. V, did you see that we got a new review on iTunes to read out? It's amazing. not until right the second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Five stars from The Wandering Turian via Apple Podcasts here in the United States. Five stars. Absolutely great. Been listening since the start. I never knew there was so much depth to the romances in all the games I love playing. I never would have looked at in-game romances the way I do now if it wasn't for this podcast. Genesis and Ravada do a wonderful job at conveying all aspects of the different characters and their romances. The Patreon episodes are good entertainment too. The last episode almost had me on the floor because I was laughing so hard. My boss was eyeing me like I had finally lost my mind. Been there. Definitely makes a slow workday go by fast. Keep up the hard work. It's a great podcast. 100% recommended. Thank you, Wandering Turian. Love the name, by the way. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love getting reviews. I mean, I would be sad if they weren't good, but so far we've only had good ones. <laughs> but it makes it worth it because it's, it's always fun to hear what other people think. You know, we have our patrons and we have our core audience that we talk to all the time. But... For the most part, it's like speaking into a cave that's so dark. You know there's people out there, but you can't see them, and you don't know what they're thinking. So it's nice to get something like this and hear that they like it, too. Also, the laughing, I love that. It makes me really happy that we make people laugh. 
or our patrons do anyway. <laughs> I don't know if we ever do. Hopefully we do. I think we make people laugh sometimes. Definitely. Um, and cry. I mean, I've cried listening back to our episodes while editing, so I hope we touch other people <laughs> the same way. Yes, give me your tears. I love them. Do you want a little fun fact about the pod? So I was looking at our Spotify wrapped for the podcast, and it gives us fun little details about the show. Garrus Vicarian, uh, Mass Effect 3 episode has been downloaded 169% more than the average episode. People love Emmy 3 Garris just as much as we do. Yes. I love to know that not only is it 169% more, but that just tells me that our audience are also monster fuckers. It makes me happy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> And let's thank a few of those monster fuckers, starting with Toasty. Toasty, Toasty, the monster fucker. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he'll be thrilled. Oh, he's proud of it. We've talked about it many, many times. Oh. But also on the list of patrons, not necessarily MFers, are Apollo and Becky, Daddy Bat Knight and Stone Mystheos, Muffiny Cake, Mackenzie, and Wynn. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you always and forever. Hey, Jen. <laughs> I know you're so beyond ready to enjoy the freedom of nature's gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> You're too modest. I wager you don't even know how extraordinary you truly are. But I do. I have lived a very long time. I have taken many lovers. My heart does not stir lightly. But it does now. Hmm. Normally, I would delete pauses in audio where I feel like it doesn't fit the natural conversation and flow. But those little harpsichord or little beats of the music are just too beautiful to delete in that moment. Mm. And of course, what he's actually saying here is that his heart has been dormant for a while. His body hasn't felt wanting or needing and you've stirred that with him. I am thoroughly disappointed that he does not have more romance content or just content period because I think he's a great character. Obviously, they added him in more because the early access players were like, I'm obsessed with Halcyn. Please give us more of the man bear druid wood elf dude. And I love it. He has some of the best, most romantic lines for having the least amount of romance content, really, alongside Mithara. So I just, I love, I love his lines. It gets my, gets me in my little Demi self. Which is weird because I'm not really attracted to him that much because he is so, like, forward about how he only wants sex in some playthroughs, you know, depending on what you're doing. And so for me, I never really saw him as anything I would desire, but then he starts talking like this. And I'm like, wait, hold on. 
I did what? I'm I'm what? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, he definitely hits a lot of different types of buttons because he can be so sweet and caring and romantic and he really does give some of the best kisses that I've seen. Like the, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but um, each character has a downtime kiss scene where you're hanging out in the camp or even in between battles and cutscenes, you can just be like, hey, I want a kiss. Very similar to Dragon Age Origins. Thank you, thank you for bringing this into my life. I love it so much. So he gives some of the best kisses because they are passionate and they are full on and they are like, I'm going to kiss you to show you how much I desire you at all times. I love it. It's really easy to look at him and be like, oh, he's just a sex toy. Like, he's so much of a fan service plant, it feels like, at first glance. But then he opens his mouth and you realize that's not all he is. Sorry, Apollo just pointed out something that I think triggered in my brain. <laughs> that Halson looks a little bit like a DX era of Shawn Michaels. Um, Yeah. Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, the wrestler. He does. Yeah. I, I'm not wrestling. My husband's the wrestler fan, so I had to Google. No, he really does, though. Whoa. <laughs> right? Oh, Shawn Michaels is a little bit shorter than what I assume Halson is. But, I mean, okay. Yeah. Nice find, Apollo. Okay, all right, let's move on, because I swear, this romance can be something more. I still have hot blood in my veins. Nature gifted us our desires and the means to act on them. But we muddied its beautiful simplicity with rules, social strictures, clothes. So I am not bound to nature. I am unbound in nature. I want more than to fight at your side or sit around the campfire with you. I want to lay with you under the stars and feel your skin against mine. I think you feel the same way. Why else would you have been so concerned about whether I had a lover before? But tell me I'm wrong and the matter can rest. I do not wish to sour our friendship. But I have to know if it can be something more. So as beautiful as these words are, he's saying here that he isn't really in love with you the way that other romances can be. Or at least not yet. In some playthroughs, he may just be a good lay on the side as long as everyone is aware and consents. I love this about him. In many cases, players will romance someone else and might end up in a thruple or poly relationship with Halson. In that case, it is just sex and not as big of an emotional attachment. And this is where I should have proofread this a little bit more. Because in the end of my thruple, Halson does profess his love for me, even though I was in a relationship with somebody else. 
I put a disclaimer at the end because I was doing research and there's a lot of bugs with his romance with all that they've added back, especially with the epilogue. So there's some scenes that don't trigger for people. So it's hard to tell like what is intentionally supposed to happen depending on what choices you make when it doesn't trigger sometimes. You can sleep with and romance Halson if you are in a romance with Shadowheart, Carlac, or Astarion. But you will be forced to choose if you are in a romance with Gale, Will, or Lazelle. They are not okay with a poly situation, no matter how big Mount Halson is. Now, if you are just romancing Halson, he will make it very clear that in the beginning, he isn't into committed monogamy. And he only wants you to be with him if you can understand that. So, we understand. And we consent. If we do this, I need you to understand exactly what I do not ask of you. I will not ask you to dedicate yourself to me. I roam as nature wills me to, and your heart remains your own. I just wish to share in it. And share in it I do. Let's get into both versions of this scene. The mind-shattering foreplay, and then the holy wowza they went there version. This scene starts off with a little more talking, and then once you both agree that sex is what you want, Halson easily removes all of his clothing. Tav stands there, and the mocap of the amazingly shocked expression is priceless. We get to see this beast of an elf in all of his glory. He grabs you by the waist and pulls you in for a deep and passionate kiss. I love the way this man treats your body. You pull away and walk towards a tree. Back to him, you turn your face and give such a sexy, coy smile before you duck around the corner to strip away your clothes. We get a lovely ass shot as he walks around to watch you. And ah, just as nature intended. And whoops, that was too much for our bear friend. He drops to all fours and transforms into his bear shape. Mm. Now it must be the monster fucker in me, but damn, even in bear form, he cocks his head in the cutest of ways before transforming back. Holy shlaley. Halson is packing heat, and good lord, did this scene change for me after they added jiggle mechanics. Are you fucking kidding me? That thing hangs low. <clears throat> He apologizes for not being able to contain the beast within. And this is where the scene can go in one of three ways. You want the bear, you want the man, 
or you want out. Let's go with the humanoid version first. Allison moves you up against the tree and again with those kisses. Then he moves down your body and Halson prays to the Oak Father at the core of your temple. And then in a sexy as hell look, you stare down along your body at his face and he simply asks, more? You nod and the camera pulls away to a full shot of Halson on his knees in front of you, sucking on a nectar sweeter than honey. Now, wait, wait, time out. I didn't read this before you. (laughs) I'm so sorry. This is a lot, especially for drunk me. Um, Holy shit. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the scene. So that's wild. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, go on. Sorry. (laughs) Didn't you see the screenshot I attached to this document? Okay, yeah. For the listener, the only thing that was in the script, because Jen usually like at least creates the Google Doc for me. (laughs) And the only thing that was in there with that when I went to start writing this was a screenshot of Alison and a tab like naked against a tree from afar and I laughed so hard when I saw that but I didn't I didn't know about the sweet nectar okay <laughs> that got me <laughs> yeah yeah that that, that that was a good one <clears throat> I should start writing fanfic one of these days you should <sighs> okay now For the version that caused an uproar on the internet. You can tell Halson that you like the bear form. And he is caught off guard and he asks you again. You like it? And your response can be one of three ways. Yes. Change back again. Let me have the beast, and the beast have me. Option two is to go back to human form and save the bear for another night, or option three is a hasty retreat. Let's dance that fine line and go for option number one. But he warns you, you will be untamed, vigorous, and well... large this transformation back to bear knocks you over you're on your back in the grass he hulks up to you and you sit up to place your small hand on his massive muzzle a smile flits across Tav's face and then you lay back down He continues to move up your body, and the last thing we see is his fur before the camera goes to a squirrel. Yes, a literal squirrel in the tree just trying to eat a nut. I mean, 
little cutie lets out a shocked squeak and drops the nut. We then hear a grisly roar, and Squirrely Poo runs away. That's it, guys. That's less than a bear fucking than I saw in The Revenant. <sighs> Nothing is shown. All you see is a bear walk up to you. But it is quite risque to even have the concept in the game, let alone showing that it is happening off screen. Now, I personally have done both scenes. My half-drow female had the human, and my large-billed male tiefling had the bear. I honestly enjoyed the human side more, and I don't think I'll be going bear again. It's a do-it-once-just-to-see-it type of scene for me. But I've done it. I mean, for, for science, that's what I always tell myself when I do those and then I save scum. My sister said something in the chat, which I think was funny. She said, the squirrel wasn't the only one dropping nuts that night. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Accurate. Yeah. I, when I first heard about this before the game came out, I was very hesitant because I was like, how is this not bestiality? Um, which it's not. If you understand the mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons and wild shape and druids and stuff, it's like, it's not a bear. I mean, it is kind of weird, I guess, because it's like House and just the wild shape implies it's just he's changing his physical appearance. But he has his mental state still. He's not a bear. He's still House and just looking like a bear. But I do think they added a little bit of a blurring of the lines when they made him like uncontrolled transformation into a bear, kind of like akin to a werewolf like type of shifter romance type of thing. Um, I'm not sure how closely that follows D&D lore, like if that's a thing that happens to druids. I don't know why this would ever be a thing. Someone would know. I mean, maybe someone would know because everyone in D&D just like fucks everything that moves. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe someone's established this lore at some point. <laughs> that's oh. why it's there. Well, and uh, he's a wild shaped druid. That's why he's got so many other forms. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is it normal for them to to just like lose control and randomly wild shape into a bear or is it a house in specific thing because he's so comfortable as a bear no it's a no. wild shape thing it can wild oh. magic can surge at times of heightened emotion okay and so the yeah. fact that he's so anticipatory for this it he's running it's like carlac he's running too hot and he's got to yeah. run off that steam that's what i really actually like though about it is halson is so easily written off as just like a fan service fuck boy like he's just there to have sex with there's nothing else and you can treat him like that but like he doesn't treat you like that at all even in when you're treating him like that you know he still will say the same kind of loving things they ha like not all of them but some of them and he still will have the same scene happen where he's like so excited that his heart has stirred and then his wild shape pops out other things pop out the only thing that gets me is like the bear form in the game looks so freaking friendly and cute that I can't see it in a sexual way in any way at all. Like he's just so cute that I'm like, I took me out of it. I wouldn't, I, I me personally, I, I would go with house in the person the same way as I would go with Gail, the person rather than the projection, because I want to be with the person, you know? Yeah, no, totally get that. I, 
I agree with you. And the bear is really adorable, especially with the head cock. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So cute. He's got a cute ass face. All the bears also look the same in the game too. Like Halson's bear doesn't look any different than any of the other bears you see in the grove or elsewhere. So I was like, okay, well, he just has this cute little teddy bear face. I don't want to like bang this right now. No, I did it. I did it for science and then reloaded it and did it as the human on my mail tab too, just because I was like, I, 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 this is a critique that I have of the game as a whole. Um, And, you know, there's not going to be a lot of them, but especially somebody who is now on their third playthrough. My first playthrough is female. My second playthrough is male. My third playthrough is also male because I'm doing a specific RP run for it. Um, I don't like the fact that my tav always plays bottom. Um, because if you're a smaller build, Halson, uh, Halson, like Halson will always lift you up no matter what build you are. If you are the large build, he still lifts you up against the tree, which I freaking love. But for my male who romanced Astarion, um, I picked Astarion up and put him up against the tree. But then he took me down to the ground. And I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not the dynamic that I wanted here. But with my female, um, Astarion lifted me up against the tree and then I took him down to the ground. And so I was like, I I I wish that there was a little bit more of picking and choosing what I wanted to play out. Yeah, that's true. I wonder with how many different versions of things that they did account for. I don't know. Like, could I wonder if they will add that eventually because they just keep adding new things. Like, I'm already impressed with what the change in the scenes, period, because it's just something that just doesn't happen normally. Yeah. But also, like, I do see I do see that. But I also wonder if this, it's just Helsin. Like, if he's not a... He doesn't strike me as someone who wouldn't be versatile, but... Maybe then that's one way to look at it. It right. just isn't versatile. And to come back at anybody who's like, oh, well, how would they incorporate that into the game? It's a very simple line of I need to be inside of you or I want you inside of me. And then there's your answer right there. Like that's one of the sexiest lines that can happen. That's true. That will branch out the tree of what animations play based on your choice. Thoughts for Larian. There you go. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on though, because uh, I'm sure that you have thoughts about the romance as a whole. I do. So there is one critique I have of Halson, other than I wish there was more for him, because once again, it was hard for them. They, I think they did really well with the time constraint they had adding him last minute. But my other critique is um, upcoming. <laughs> I think that his romance is something for a lot of people, a different something for a lot of different people. It's really a based on how you play it. But for me, it's not enough because I don't want just like a night of hot bear sex in the woods. I want your heart. And it doesn't seem at least up until the very end, it doesn't seem like you ever get it. Show me the vulnerabilities, Halson. Let me in, please. There is a moment where that might have happened with Halson. Um, There is a content warning really quick for sexual assault and kidnapping, because that's what happens. 
in a flippant and wildly out of place dialogue, Halson will tell you of a time when he went exploring the Underdark and was captured by a noble drow house, probably Lothsworn, and he refers to his time there being spent as a mix of, quote, guest, prisoner, and consort. The head of the house chained him up in her bedchamber for three years before he managed to escape. This particular line of dialogue was what got me that I, I wasn't happy with it. He says, quote, it was not ideal, but not without its positives either. I did what was necessary to survive and perhaps a few things that were less than necessary. And that was it. Unlike other companions in the party who have also suffered trauma, specifically sexual trauma, we don't get to follow up with Halson on this. I mean, perhaps you can read it as him just being far enough away that it doesn't affect him anymore because he's 350 years old after all. But like, this was just a lot and it just kind of happened really quick in one dialogue and the way it was handled is just in stark contrast to the way they handled Astarian's sexual trauma. Like, I think they did it way better with Astarian and I wish they had gone a little bit further with that admission or something. It just kind of felt... I don't know. It felt really shallow and weird. For it to be a one dialogue throwaway comment that never gets brought up or talked about, I feel like it could have easily been edited out and not felt like it's nice to know this. And thank you for opening up and sharing something so deeply personal and traumatic. But let me respond to it in a way that I would want to. Yeah, because it's like, oh, uh, dude, are you okay? Like, you don't even get to really do that. <laughs> you know, you kind of do and he'll he'll just brush it off and then you never talk about it again. And he's just supposed to be like totally moved on and fine, which is part of my critique of Halston is like, you don't necessarily need to have a character or a companion or a romance where you have to fix them in some way or like solve a problem for them to make them believable. But like, you know, there was there was one right there. And then you didn't get to do anything with it. And then Hassan is just already like, oh, well, like his quest isn't even his quest. It's not really a personal quest. It's not considered a personal quest um, for him to, to solve the shadow curse, even though it really feels like a personal quest to me. But it's still also not totally personal. There was a chance right there to actually get to know him a bit better. But throughout the game, he just feels like he's holding you at an arm's length. Unintentionally, I'm sure. Because when you're romancing him, he's like, I want to feel your skin against mine and all that. But like, that's the only kind of intimacy you get with him is sexual. And I don't like that. Yeah. But just because his romance isn't as fully fleshed out as some of the others due to his last minute addition to the main cast rather than just as a helpful NPC. I think he still has some really epic lines to say. Whoever wrote these lines like Bravo or Brava, whatever the gender neutral of that is, I don't think we can have one. Bravo. Anyway, he can really weave together some beautiful words to say how he is feeling, despite the game reminding you that Halson's main duty and love is nature. He isn't planning on sticking around at the end, and with no brain worm, at least before you, you know, kill the nether brain, it seems like he will outlive the lot of everybody. Like, everyone else has a brain worm. But he won't remind you of that. Um, which I think is very nice. He's he's really living in the moment. Instead, he'll say shit like this to you. 
That was something I had dreamed about for some time. And now I realize just how woefully meager my dreams were compared to the reality. I would still be there with you now if the sun hadn't intruded on us and the city hadn't stirred for the day. Like, can you imagine a partner saying that to you after a night of passion? Are you kidding? I, I, I actually really like how he sounds old world because of how old he is. Even Astarion, who's old, he was turned so young and he's been isolated for so long. You know, the rest of them sound pretty immature compared to him. Like the, the language they use is a lot younger more up to date with how we speak modernly, contemporarily, but he speaks in such an old fashioned way that it helps remind you of his age, but also makes it feel a lot more romantic, despite the lack of romance, really. So I love it. But um, by the end of the game, this is when it seems like there's really no chance for an actual romance. Like I said earlier, it's kind of weird because it's, it's kind of glitchy with Halson right now. Some people are able to get something that says they stay with him. And some people get things that say they don't stay with him either way. you And if you did romance him, you end up seeing him again at the epilogue. But before that, after the netherbrain is defeated, he will also say that he has to go build a home for all the orphan children that literally call him Daddy Halson. Like literally, he makes it clear that the invitation for you to visit is a standing one. But it's also clear that you'll part ways for a time. He also can apparently go to Thaniel's realm for a while. And it's not always clear if, if you've romanced him, whether you go with him or not. So unfortunately I can't tell you what actually happens because it seems to be different for everybody um, due to some bugs maybe. But if he does, most of the time it does seem like he parts ways for a time before the epilogue happens. So there's no, like, clinging to one another, like with some of the other romances. No ride-or-die type feelings. You're two adults with separate responsibilities that hope their paths will lead towards each other again. Or as Halson puts it, when you agree to visit his new home with all his adopted kids. Oh, he puts it so well. Then I will watch the horizon for you each day and fix your image in my mind each night until I feel your touch. Okay, so the end of the game, it's weird. I get it. They added back the great giant epilogue at the end of the game because they had to cut it for whatever reason. They thought we'd all hate it because it makes the game too long. But are you fucking kidding me? It was amazing and absolutely what I needed to wrap up all the storylines. It's set six months in the future and is just the absolute plot perfection on the end of the game. I need to know what happened to my people after we had to part ways for a little bit. There is a romance scene after killing the Netherbrain, huge fucking spoiler alert, where Halson will say that he is going back to Thaniel's realm, or that he's going to just where the Thaniel was living in the Shadow Realms, or there's so many different ways that it can work. And it's like some people got that, some people didn't, like V was talking about. Okay, so let's go with how my personal epilogues went, because like I said, I romanced him twice and in two different ways. For if you have romanced Halson alone, 
because of stupid ass reasons, my first run was a house and only run. So once I played that one with the epilogue, I got a patrol bear sauntering up next to me with a letter in his mouth saying that Withers had invited me to a party and that we were going. Halson then walks in with me into the party and we go about our lovely times. We talk about how the last six months have been amazing working with the kids in the former Shadow Realm. So that's what I got. Now on my second run, uh, where I romanced Astarian and had Halson as well, it was, uh, I have missed you. It has been so long since I have last seen you. And I think it was implied that I had gone and seen him during that six-month period in the Shadow Realm. But I also had other stories to tell to him as well. So, there's a lot of different ways that your story with Halston can end. But, this one, this line really hits. What we have made shall outgrow us both, and Oakfather willing, stand as our legacy. Tell me, are you happy with the path we tread together? I took you from a life of high adventure to one that can be described as anything but. I thought perhaps that seeing everyone once again and hearing of all that they've been doing, it might awaken some regret about the life we lead. You could have done anything, gone with anyone, yet you chose me. And that is a dialogue option that you get in the epilogue if you have romanced Halson and Halson alone. And yet, you chose me. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, I don't know. For me personally, like, when I heard this line, I was like, of course I would choose you. I didn't. I didn't. Just spoiler. <laughs> I didn't romance Halson because of what he appeared to be to me when I played the game the first time. But he's a lot more than that, as we've hopefully demonstrated so far. I mean, we can only hope they'll add more. But that line is all these last couple lines that we've played. They're so beautifully written. They're so sincere and genuine and romantic. And it's like this perfect meeting of it's weird, like Halson as a character, despite not having a backstory so much compared to the other more core main cast companions. He's like this perfect amalgamation of what Jen wants and what I want in a romance companion, you know? Like, I wish, obviously, there was more. I always want more. Something that I absolutely really like about Baldur's Gate 3 is it's one of the first times where characters proposition you. Most of the time, you have to initiate the romance, and everyone was like, can we uh, be together? I want your taste, like Lazelle, okay. You know, um, I was like, this is a lot. This is so, this is just like a lot. Like everyone wants to fuck me. And at first I was taken aback, but then I was like, when has it ever been that a romance companion initiated anything? It makes them feel a lot more real. Most of the time, you have to do all the flirt options. You have to directly ask for a romance. But in this game, it's like, you don't really have flirt options. You have approval, and then they offer themselves to you. 
and give you the opening and then you can take them up or not. And almost all the time, I mean, well, all the time, it's okay to say no. It's just varying levels of sadness in their eyes when you decline. Will, I'm looking at you. He broke my heart when I turned him down. But yeah, for Halston specifically, like, ultimately, he comes down to three core traits. He's got the love for nature that's at odds with civilization. This hilariously stereotypical love of bearish things like honey and wandering. And then the final one is his love of sex. All of the sex. And that's ultimately the trait that they dove deeper into because they knew it would be the one that everyone wanted the most. And obviously that's the one that landed with everybody. We all talk about only the romances, I feel like, in Baldur's Gate 3. If you go to TikTok, that's all that you'll see, especially Astarian. But, you know... I'm glad that he loves sex. I wish there was a little bit more to him. All right. I love it. And I love him. I don't think that there will be a playthrough where I don't romance him if he's an option for me. I mean, uh, <laughs> my current Dark Urge playthrough, he's dead. So I can't fuck the dead. So, you know, there's that. Um, and then, of course, on romances where my partner is not open to it. Um, I don't think that I'm going to... Uh, pick him over one of the other core companions. But I really, truly did end up enjoying my playthrough where he was my first and only. So, Halson, you do get the record of being my first love in Baldur's Gate 3. So, congratulations to you. I actually don't know how this would work. I forgot to mention, I didn't write it earlier. When you were talking about who will accept Polly relationship with him or not. Minthara does not accept you being with anyone else. She is very monogamous, but I'm not really sure like what the mechanics are around her being with Halson because up until very recently, they were mutually exclusive party members. You would never have Minthara and Halson. So I don't actually know how that works. If someone knows, be sure to tell us in discord or on spotify or wherever um if halson and minthara like because minthara is very much not okay with sharing you but halson is so i don't think it would i think she would be among those who would not accept a poly relationship i just don't know if that's actually possible at this point to like even talk about in the game i don't know if they've added i don't know maybe by the time we get to the minthara episode we will have that answer all right Now, of course, I'm going to romance him. This man whittles ducks. I mean, come the fuck on. I have a duck tattoo. I mean, are you kidding me? Physically, I am very attracted to him. I love a man that can make me feel small. At 5'9", it doesn't happen that often to where I look up and feel like, You can make me feel like the tiny little petite woman I have never been. Hmm. Okay. I feel like he can pick me up. And that's a big plus for me. So, yes. And apparently, as Apollo pointed out tonight, he looks like the heartbreak kid. And he is definitely one of my celebrity crushes. And that, lovely listeners is where we would normally end the show. But we have a member of the K-Squad, my Gemini twin. 
And while I've heard her be called many a things, you can call her Cass. Hi! (laughs) Hi! (laughs) Chat, she is here. This is Call Me Cass. If you are one of our Twitch streamers and chatters, you definitely know the name. And now she is here in person and you are here to talk about your love of Baldur's Gate and of Halson. Why don't you... Uh, give us a little bit of your origin story and how you came to love Baldur's Gate. Okay, so it's kind of weird how I came into contact with Baldur's Gate. I was watching someone play it in early access, and for no reason at all, I got obsessed with it. I like went to bed, woke up, thinking about Baldur's Gate, because I've always wanted to play D&D. I've played a starter campaign of D&D, but other than that, Never really got into D&D after that. So having Baldur's Gate just be like a video game iteration of that really intrigued me. So that's kind of how I got started. And when I say I got obsessed, I got obsessed looking up classes, characters, uh, what I was going to do, who I was going to do, all of it. And then how did you come to learn about Halson? Apparently I have a type. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. People say I have a, I don't see it. People say I have a type, but I was wondering who I was going to romance. Somebody was like, I know exactly who you're going to romance. I said, no, you don't. Yeah, they did. They sent me a picture of Halston. I said, oh, who is that? Absolutely. I romanced him. Yes, I did. (laughs) Obsessed. So did you, did you romance Iron Bull in Inquisition? Ironically, no. (laughs) Cullen was my first romance for Inquisition. I think I romanced Iron Bull maybe like my fourth or fifth playthrough. Mm. It was good, though. It was spicy. I liked it. Iron Bull is one of those ones that's kind of the outlier. You have to be accepting of his dynamic rather than like the, ooh, that's my preferred body type of man before Mm -hmm. you get into a relationship with him. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So we just reverse engineering it. Sorry. Because my my friend Eileen, she romanced Iron Bull, obviously. But then when she first, she just finished Baller Skate for the first time and she saw Halcid, she said, Oh, I should have romanced him. Like, I should have known. Like, it seemed like they lined up in some way just physically. But yeah, you're right about the dynamic. They don't really have anything in common otherwise. No, I don't see. Well, Halcid mm, can cast vines. But that's another story. <laughs> um, <laughs> or else we will get way off track. <laughs> As somebody who has just said that they absolutely became obsessed with him, did you learn anything new about Halson tonight? Yeah, I did not know. I never got the dialogue about Underdark. So I had no idea that he got captured for three years. I had no idea about any of that. And... I honestly completely agree with everything said. You get a lot of his information front loaded to you. So having a dialogue where it opens up that you can be open with him, it makes no sense that you can't go further than that because that's a lot to take in. 
and then you just go on to, oh, I like ducks. It's like it's a weird <laughs> disconnect when you learn something like that and you just gloss over it. Whereas with your other companions, you learn something about their past. That's how you, they open up to you. That's how you get to know the person underneath all of the baggage, all of the trauma that's there. You don't get that with Halson, which that kind of took me for a loop. I don't like that. Apparently, it's a very specific set of dialogue choices, so it not like it's very easy to miss, essentially, which also bugged me because I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of handled a little bit, like not well, for lack of a better term, because two glasses of wine is apparently my limit. But <laughs> I mean, also, like it was just so over so fast. I'm like, with how little you can really learn about Halson as a person outside of those like three traits I described that that's all that there is up, up until you romance him. And you're like, obviously I can see that there's more like they, they injected more in his specific lines of dialogue and Dave Jones delivered more with his delivery of the lines. But like, there's just like this black void afterwards, like of nothing. And like, this is a perfect place. We don't need to repeat what we did with Astarian, obviously, but like, why even add that then if you're not going to expand on it? It was just so weird to me. That honestly felt like, I call them catalyst scenes. That felt like a perfect moment to have a catalyst scene to where you kind of jump off in his romance. Like you said, you don't have to repeat what you did for another companion. That wouldn't be logical. But at least have that be the jump off point. At least have that be the catalyst for, okay, you're obviously dealing with something whether it was 100 years back 200 years back whatever let's work on that let's talk about it and you just don't get it oh how much of the voice was also a factor for you oh child let me tell you something first of all (laughs) that voice go crazy 350 years i could feel it i can hear it um it's i'm a big i'm a big believer of your voice has to match your face and your face has to match everything about you when it comes to characters halson does that so having that voice that gruff that puts some bass in your voice oh i love it perfect speak to me every day all day 24 7 yes i agree <laughs> did okay. i have a question did his like inherent daddiness slash later on in the epilogue where he's literally like i adopted all these orphans did that do anything for you because i know it did some things for some people i've never gotten that dialogue before from oh. him because i so i got tipped off that his romance kind of started late so mama needs her rocks kicked off first before all of that. So I romanced the Starian to kind of like hold me over to get to Halston. But if you have a main romance, your epilogue after you defeat the Netherbrain is with that main romance. So mm-hmm. my epilogue I got was with the Starian. I never got anything from Halston, with Halston, by Halston, to Halston, nothing. So I've I never got that dialogue before. 
So really, yeah. So on my most on my most recent tab, my my tiefling, when he ended the game, I got both. Um, Halson came to me first and talked with me and everything, and then. After I was like, okay, you know, we'll we'll spend like a couple of months apart and I'll come and see you with all the children later on. I promise to come and see you. And then he gives me the dialogue of, you know, I will wait for I will wait to see your vision um, until you touch me. And then it immediately went to Asterion going, what do we want to do now that we have saved the world and all of that? And then I was like, yes, I want to travel with you and I want to do these things with you and everything like that. And then the next scene was uh, that Asterion and I had gotten the letter um, to go and visit the, the Withers' party. See, I wonder if, because I play, so I've played Baldur's Gate really only on console. I wonder if there's a difference because even not only with epilogue, but also, also with his romance, there was a lot of things that I either had bugged or just didn't ping for me that you got. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's like a weird thing going on between PC and console that's just not matching. Because every playthrough I've had, it's always been Astarian and Halston, and I've never gotten Halston's dialogue after the game. Mm. And then I wonder if that has something to do with it, too, because when I showed you my version of the Halston scene, you were like, I've never seen this. I didn't even think about the fact that I'm PC and you were on console at the time. It faded to black for me. And oh my God, when I saw that for the first time, I I got cock blocked by a console, y'all. I really did. I was pissed. You weren't cock blocked, uh, honey. You were clam jammed. Oh my God. <laughs> That's it was so like, annoying. He pushed my, my first playthrough, he pushed me against the tree. He kissed me and then it faded to black. And I just thought that that was the human romance. I thought that they didn't program a human version of his romance. I just thought it was the bear or a fade to black. No, it's not. You get fucked good and proper as a human if you're Halston. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I saw the fade to black scene on YouTube and I was like, not sure if that was YouTube's thing or if that was actually how it worked. Okay, see, this is what's a, one other, like, it's not a critique because the game's new and they're doing stuff, but it's like, this is what makes it difficult to talk about them at this point in history, but we couldn't not do Baldur's Gate. It's just so zeitgeist at this point. We have to do it, but it's hard because everyone kind of has like a bespoke experience and also bugs exist. So like for, for me, when I finished my first playthrough before they had reinstated the epilogue, I did not romance Halson, but my romance scene with Astarian played while I saw Carlac T-posing in a wagon inside Baldur's Gate. Like, I, I didn't even hear the dialogue. I just saw it playing across the bottom of my screen as captions and all I could see was Carlac T-posing inside of a wagon in Baldur's Gate, like the city. <sighs> it was so glitchy and weird. I, I sent a Snapchat to my sister when it happened because I was like, is this how it's, this is obviously not how it's supposed to happen. And then I reloaded later and it, it worked fine. But it's like, this is what's happening to people. It's like where things aren't triggering right or they're not playing at all. 
and ever like I went through a whole Reddit post of like different healths and experiences because for instance the epilogue like some people had it where they had what you had Jen so it sounded like where the narrator says like oh the bear version of Halson comes up bearing a note in his mouth Mm -hmm. and you take it while you scratch behind his ear and like some people had that and other people had that happen and then Halson would later during the epilogue talk to you as if he hadn't seen you for six months even Mm -hmm. though the narrator just just said that you took the note from his mouth and scratched behind his ear obviously you've been together so like it's just weird i don't and i don't know if it's because he's the least content romance alongside Mandara, or if it's just kind of across the board they're still kind of fixing things but yeah i like it seems like the consensus is that you're supposed to be able to stay with him if you so choose so Yep. Sorry if you didn't get that experience, <laughs> but apparently that's what you su- should get if you want it. I actually, I had a character, I finally got the epilogue as a dark urge, and this, again, might be another factor, but she went up to Halson, basically he gave dialogue as like, I miss you, I miss us, and then I was still able to kiss him as if we were still in the romance. Girl, I know, listen. I will leave a starion at this party if you ask me. <laughs> I really would. I really would. Just me and you, they don't ever got to see us again. I never considered doing anything but a starion until I started doing research for this episode because obviously I didn't get a lot of these dialogues with Halson. And I was like, okay, hold on. Mm. He's got some flowery words. I, he is not just a body that he can use to make you feel really good, which is, I thought what he was, which is why he did not attract me in any way because that's not my thing. I need some romance. He's got it. Yeah, he does. Now, Cass, do you feel like we did this romance justice? Did we do your boy good? 100%. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I honestly I made so many notes on like the stuff that you have sent over literally word for word bar for bar you guys said like everything <laughs> so I had like nothing extra to add I was like oh this is gonna be a good episode <laughs> all right I love hearing that you, if you don't have no did notes you also then... like get choked up not even choked up like I don't even know what the proper phrase is freaking when she was doing her breakdown did you also freak out no because i've seen all of it <laughs> i was like i've seen I, all of it i felt like i was listening to a forbidden audiobook and not jen my co-host like <laughs> describing the scene i was like oh my god and he did what now <laughs> i love it i've also only ever romanced the bear once it was my uh cleric saluna i only ever did it once i got the screenshots to prove i did it i'm i'm not gonna do it again i'm good which again <laughs> I mean, kudos to Larian for like, y'all know how to do marketing and y'all do marketing well. But I also think that is what skewed a lot of people's opinion about Halston is like, oh, it's just the bear you can fuck. It's like, no, it's not. Like, again, even though a lot of his information is front loaded to you, his backstory and like a lot of the information that he does provide willingly to you so very interesting and honestly it made me it made me want to fuck him a little bit more if i'm being completely honest it really did um he likes ducks he whittles mm-hmm. man yeah panties on the floor yep 
He's got a lot going for him. That was actually something I saw two other people had said online, like his relative simplicity compared to the other companions and like the way they were handled and the depth and the details that they were allowed and given doesn't it makes him stand out and not the best way which is why his sex is highlighted because it's kind of all there is in some ways in a lot of playthroughs that is all there is and i wish i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure they're gonna fix that because they're already doing it you know like larian's great thank you wow i just ran through all the companions in my mind and i was like here's your biggest con and uh, Asterion is a major trauma holder. I could see why that would turn some people off. Gale literally has a ticking time bomb in his body and is still crushing on his ex. Will sold his soul to a fucking devil. I mean, come on. Shadowheart has got some major religious ties that some people could definitely not be into. Lazelle can scare the shit out of a lot of people with going, <laughs> I want to taste your flesh on day number one. Okay. Yeah. And then Carlac, you can't touch her. You know, it's like there. And then Halston's just like, hey, I'm a big happy elf man that really wants to show you a good time. I'm literally a teddy bear. Yeah. Like he could be the answer like for all these there's, I'm sure, players who are intimidated or not interested in all the rest of them. And Halson could be their answer. Hmm. Okay. Now, our last question, Cass, is as somebody who has done multiple full playthroughs, what makes you want to come back each time? Honestly, it's literally the narrative and its characters. Y'all know me. I love a good narrative. I love a good story. I get obsessed over certain games for very specific reasons. I did it with Cyberpunk. I did it with Mass Effect. And I'm doing it now with Baldur's Gate. It's because the characters are so genuinely intriguing, especially when you have a game that gives you so many options and so many variables. No playthrough I've had, unless I intentionally did it, has been the same. Every playthrough has been different. Every single choice has been different. On And I'm actually almost did all the romances the only one i haven't done i think is will and lazelle because again like you said lazelle scares the shit out of me <laughs> she really does but that's like the main reason i come back to Baldur's gate it's just the narrative it's so so good so good yeah i agree cutscene cutscenes carnage combat and carnality like Yes. So good. Now, before we wrap up the show, is there anything that you want to shout out or plug? I just be around like a ghost. I'm just chilling, vibing. Y'all could y'all will see me in the Twitch chat acting a damn fool. So good times. You're also pretty active in our Friends of the Pod on the Cups Podcasting and More Discord. So yes. also acting a damn fool. <laughs> she's the same call me Cass across all the discords okay all right thank you thank you for being here tonight of course thank There's you for having me nobody else I would have wanted on this house an episode 
Now, if you like what you are hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or a comment on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host, Hosty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. Check out Scyther Audio's newest fan-made production, The Avengers, the audio drama, where you can hear me and several of our podcasting friends. And you can reach out to me in our Two Girls, One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash twogirlsoneship. Our theme music was composed by the ever-talented Pipe Man Studios, and our artwork was designed by the esteemed Let's Not. Links are in the description. I am also on the Robots Radio Discord and in our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord server where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening. And remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.